What is up, guys? Thank you for tuning into the Modern Macho. This is your host, Juan Carlos, and I'm here with my boy, Santi. Yo, what's up, everybody? We are two gentlemen documenting our journey. We're embracing the dudes that we are in order to become better men for ourselves and our village. We're tired of fitting the mold. We're tired of dick measuring contest, and we're tired of pretending to be somebody that we're not. After each episode, we hope that we're able to plant. Well, we hope that we're able to plant a seed and get you to start a conversation with your circle, challenge your thinking, motivate you to focus on growth, and hopefully bring awareness to the twisted programming that we've been brought up with believing. We're continuing on this conversation on Pride Month. Um, we've got a very special guest today that I'm really excited to get into. Um, yeah, I think last conversation that we had was very productive. Um, you know, I, I, I'm going to be honest, just straight off the bat, I think. I was very hesitant about being honest with myself, just really having these conversations about homophobia and how I've, you know, upheld these beliefs and just, you know, there was, there was fear tied to that. And, um, it was very liberating to have the conversation, like to have you listen to bro. Like, I really appreciated that. I think acknowledging that if I don't talk about these things, it's kind of hard to focus on the man that I want to be. Right. And what I want to do for myself. So that was kind of a very uh, powerful conversation, I think, for myself. And it sounds like our audience resonated with it as well. So that was kind of cool. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we're going to keep the conversation going on today. As usual, before we do talk to me, Papa, how you doing? Uh, doing good, man. Um, you know, I think uh, this week I'm feeling a little lighter on my feet. Mm. Um, I think mainly because of the weekend that we had, which I know you also wanted to talk a little Ooh. bit about. Yes. So that Reiki workshop was definitely something. Um, <clears throat> and I mean, right off the bat, I know I've shared on here multiple fucking times. <laughs> I mean, I know it works. Like my, me looking at it sideways has nothing to do whether I believe in it or not. Cause I 100% believe this shit works. It's not, I'm fucking afraid of it, dude. And, um, and so long story short, it, it definitely, I had an experience. I don't know if I could say it was like, like super like, oh my God, like I felt this and that. No, but there was definitely, um, I feel some healing that took place for me, uh, especially when it came to my inner child, uh, especially when it came to like certain aspects of myself that I repress often. And so with that being said, afterwards, I was able to catch up with Vidi and like, so, you know, it's like a two part breath that you have to do for like 20 minutes. And, and so it's, <laughs> like it, it's, so it's like a, right. Like pretty much just to give you an example, like that's how fast you're breathing uh, with short exhales. And bro, I was going like, <laughs> like I was playing by my own rules. Uh, yes. And you know yeah. what? What you said totally fucking helped because before going into it, you know, um, Carlos shared with, with the group, like, you know, make it yours. It's yours. You know, and that shout out to Chewy. I know that came yeah. uh, from, from his yoga sessions that you've done with him. Anyways, long story short, uh, VD told me afterwards, I guess she came up to me and I remember hearing her. She was like doing whatever they do. Right. And she was like, breathe breathe and i was just like nope i'm gonna do my thing you know <laughs> uh, you're my world <laughs> yeah you're my world now and so afterwards she was like yeah i noticed you weren't breathing right and i'm like no maybe it's because i was already feeling it and like there was so much sensation that i was feeling 
that I'm like, I can't keep going, you know? If I, I knew that if I kept going, I was going to have to, like, tap out, essentially. And I didn't want that to happen. And yeah. and then that's when um, the other healer that we worked with, she was like, no, that's, that's great that you did that because it allowed you to keep going. Because I think more importantly for me in that moment was not stopping as opposed to doing it right, sure. you know, or sure. doing it perfectly, yeah. you know? And because I think with that, you know, there was a fear like, man, this shit might not work. So I'm not doing it right. Correct. Bro, it, it's, it, it still touched me in, in a way, in like a spiritual way that I don't know if I've ever tapped into. Um, like an out of body experience to say the least, but so it's definitely yeah. cool, man. It was definitely cool. I don't know what, how, what you're, I know you had an experience. <clears throat> yeah, I definitely, mean, had, general, I definitely, yeah, the, I definitely had an experience of my own as well. Um, you know, and, and real quick, shout out to Christine, to Vidi, to Myra, to Cesar, you know, really helping putting all this together and everything from the facilitating to providing the space to the food, you know, everything was, it was awesome, man. I think all 20 of us, you know, you, you talk about 20 men inside of a room doing something that, you know, a lot of us had never done before. And the, the, the men that had done it before, I think they even said like they had never done it in a space with other men. So it was right. like. It's very powerful, dude. I felt really, it's crazy. I felt really connected without even knowing a lot of these guys. The, so, the, moment, the moment I stepped into that room and I know for me, one of my biggest things in the beginning, and I shared this with you was I was in this pickle of like, you know, I'm facilitating. I want to make sure that I provide this space for you guys that we can have these conversations that we feel safe and that I can validate and, you know, bring some reassurance and listen and stuff like that. And then also understanding that I, I was going to go through this experience myself. And so I was in this pickle of like, I'm supposed to help. I'm supposed to do stuff. And I think that's when it kind of shifted for mm. me because very early it was like, dude. And I think I told you, remember, I was like, yeah. I, 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 could, I literally by name, I could pinpoint one, two, three, four, five, the six people that were around me by name. Right. And mm. even Vidi was like, what? And I was like, yeah, I was like, once I was blindfolded, it was like my, my, uh, my listen, my sense of, uh, what is it? Hearing. Uh, hearing was like on alert, bro. And I could, mm -hmm. I was like really paying attention to my surroundings. And so, I had to catch myself like, hey, and you talk about inner child and, you know, it, it it just brought up this whole like, damn, the old pressure of being the older brother. And so, yeah, man, I, I mm. everyone seemed to have their own experience in their own way. Uh, but I definitely think that I, I took a lot away from it. It was definitely really, really cool experience. I didn't know what to expect. Like even afterwards, I was like, holy shit, I didn't think this was going to be what it was. Um I even I even talked to you about we talked about this after because I didn't say anything to you uh, in the morning. I think we were both were like, oh, you know, yeah. in our heads about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, when I woke up in the morning, I actually was like, maybe I'll have a drink. Maybe I'll have a drink before we go into this and that'll help the nerves. And so um, I told myself, like, nah, dude, don't fucking do it. So then, you know, we went to have breakfast beforehand and shout out to my guy, Al. Dave came with us, too. Right. Yeah, so we yeah. went to go have breakfast real quick uh, before. And there was a bar. And you made the joke, or you were like, oh, dude, I wasn't I joking. I, yeah, I was you, well, joking. Well, you made a, I'm sorry, you made a comment. You made a comment, and <laughs> yeah. you were like, shit, I'm about to grab a whiskey Coke. And in my head, I was like, fuck yeah, bro. Like, do it. Like, I'll get one with you, you know? Yeah. But for one reason or another, we didn't. We didn't. Um, And then. Yeah, because you, know, you didn't we, tell me not to either. That's the No, thing. I, I didn't. I just said, like, you know what? No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to facilitate. And, like, you know, plus I really want to, like, yeah, go into this with an open mind. I shouldn't. But, yeah, I didn't tell you what to do. But there was this part of me that was like, if you push it a little bit, like, I'm, I'll be down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we can encourage each other here. And so, um, yeah, we didn't. And once we got there, you know, we showed up early, uh, helped out you know, as best as we could. And then 
dude, once I saw the studio, it fucking hit me like, what? The? I was like, dude, I should have had a drink. I should have had a drink. I should have <laughs> had a drink, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm glad that I did it. I'm glad that I went in there just kind of like with an open mind, you know? And, and fuck yeah, it was an experience. It was such a hit that we actually, before I forget, August 19th, um, we were running it back in Orange. Um, so just save the date. We'll be putting out details here in the next coming weeks. But in the meantime, if you are interested, if you did it with us already, and now you're now you're a supporter and you want to do it again, save the date for August 19th. If you want to hit up the homies, let them know. Um, we're probably going to cap it again at 20 spots just because it is it's such a dope experience that we don't want to overfill the room just for the sake of overfilling it, you know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, if you are interested, send us a DM and, um, yeah, we'll get, we'll get all the information over to you. Um, I said in the meantime, save the date. And, um, yeah, but what we're here for today talk to us drum roll us son. drum roll um yeah no most definitely so uh today we have a very special guest um someone who you know they've been an acquaintance of mine for a bit uh i can't say that like you know I, we were like super close but i've been in learning spaces with them where I'm like, damn, like, you know, they uh, they spit a lot of knowledge. They seem like cool-ass people. I actually also, um, uh, I'm one of my old jobs, one of my co-workers' partners, uh, and, and my co-worker too, like, they they um, they mentioned that that they know Bree, our, our guest today, and would always talk highly about them or anyone, whoever I, I ran into and knew about them, spoke highly about them. And, uh, and yeah, no, definitely very, very um, interested uh in in having them on and, and you know just kind of chopping it up um just in general you know because uh, i think they have a lot of uh perspective when it comes to uh, you know toxic masculinity um you know and um and yeah and I, and i think once again when it came to the learning spaces i was in with them you know th i think they had so much care uh in how they presented the information um, while at the same time kind of giving you that raw reality of what it is and, and how it can be affect uh, or affect others. Um, so uh, Brie is a Latinx queer trans higher ed educator who enjoys watching trash reality TV, is a Capricorn and loves playing Texas Hold'em poker. Um, and so most definitely with that, with that being said, uh, welcome Brie. Hey, how's it going? It's going, it's Welcome. going. Welcome. So happy, so happy to have you on here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And I really enjoyed what you were talking about right now. The Ricky. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you ever done it? Yeah. I have mixed feelings. So my sister mm. actually is a, she's a, she's a healer. And okay. she does uh, like chakra healing and a lot of different things. So honestly, I can't take it seriously anymore since she does it. <laughs> and she's trying to do it on me. And I just laugh because it's my sister. So um, I think maybe if somebody else was doing it, then I yeah. could definitely join in on the fun. But no. That, you know, if your sibling's doing it, you're like, eh. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're, sure. you're constantly making fun of them probably in your head. Like, oh, my God. this is <laughs> You know, it, it's funny because yes. I, I feel like uh, whenever it's come yeah. to, like, healing to this part like whatever like oh close your eyes i had that problem of like laughing or thinking it's like 
not that it's silly because it's not but it's a little silly you know like kind yeah. of some of the actions you're if yeah. someone were to have walked into that room then like, what the fuck is going on you know um and so no i, I totally get that 100 and i fucking yeah. love I, I i love the fact that you love trash tv because that's totally my jam. Oh, 100%. my God. It's the best. And my partner <laughs> hates on it all the time. My parents hate on it all the time. And I'm, I'm like, no, it's the best because it makes me feel good about my life. You know? That's fair. <laughs> <It really does>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, so, like, what kind of trash TV are we talking here? 90 Day Fiance is probably the worst. Okay. Like, almost every episode I've seen of every every iteration of 90 Day Fiance, because there's a lot of different ones. Um, I uh -huh. do enjoy watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills with my mom. Uh, Real Housewives of Orange County. Uh, let's see. Vanderpump Rules. Um, mm. What other trash is there? Oh, Love is Blind. <laughs> uh, Love is Blind. Love I is watched blind. the first season. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ultimatum, the queer one that came out recently. Have you all seen that one? The queer one? Uh uh. The ultimatum, though, that's the one oh, it's where like so good. That's that's the one where it's like they have a partner who they've been with for a long time and they just haven't popped the question, right? Something like that. Yes, I've been tempted mm -hmm. to put my partner on that. Ooh. Oh, oh. Tell him. Yeah. Tell him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's been I over mean, five and a half years. I'm like, come on, bro. <laughs> come on. And I want to propose to him, but he doesn't want me to. So I'm like, okay, I'm over here waiting. Yeah. <laughs> I love but that. like, dude, I mean, uh, I mean, I, I know that that's personal stuff, but most definitely, and because I I've thought about that too. Uh, uh, I mean, I I'm, I'm married, but even when when I was proposing uh -huh. to to my fiance now or girlfriend at the time, mm -hmm. I remember it was like the December before I, I had asked her. I was already planning on buying the ring. And she was like, when are yeah. you going to ask me? When are you going to ask me? And I felt like it's like you're about to clean your room. You're a little kid. And your mom is like, you get the cuarto. And you're like, <laughs> you're like, yeah, no quiero. like I, I don't want to anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. So there was almost that sense. But also, like, how do I say, like, you know, whatever. Like, it was more, more of a frustrating thing because I didn't want to kill the surprise, you know. So it's mm. like, how do I diffuse the situation mm. along with. This frustration of like, just get off my back, you know. Um, no, but one hundred percent. I mean, hopefully, hopefully it's around the corner <laughs> for you. <laughs> I don't know. I have mixed feelings sometimes about that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you know, it is. It is what it like, is. You know. But you it, know. Is, it is. It uh, is. One hundred percent. Um. But yeah, no, one hundred percent. Thank, thank you so much for for joining us today. Um. Yeah. And thank you for having and, me. And, yeah, of course. And I, I do I also want to say I think this is something that I had mentioned to you. Um that that I, I do kind of want to make sure it's at least said also in the public space of of the fact that, you know, um you know, I, I, as in your bio states, right? Uh Latinx queer, trans folk, it's Pride Month. There's a lot of things going on. And I also want this to be a space for 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 you uh -huh. to not feel tokenized in any way i i think it also even makes me think about this podcast and when we think about machismo and we're reaching out to men like what uh -huh. that looks like because i think oftentimes that identity of masculinity of being a man i mean even for me feels limiting sometimes right whether that uh -huh. be because of socialization or what have you you know um 
it's it still felt like it was something important that we wanted to make sure and um, but more importantly than that like i i've i've seen you in spaces where you speak truth and and it hits you know what i'm saying um mm. so i i did i didn't want to hopefully in that. a good way almost oh, definitely yeah i mean and i yeah i think, <laughs> I think back to the, it's to in the worst way possible <laughs> well you know what and for some people it is in the worst way possible Ooh, right because because i, mean, I, I be, right <laughs> yeah I, I think i think for some people it's it's having them face certain truths that they just are not accepting as valid right because i think that's the big conversation especially mm. as we've seen with like the schools you know all the infighting that's happening with mm. parents and it's like you know and and it sucks that it gets like mass behind sayings like protect mm. our children because mm -hmm. it's like oh i want to protect my mm -hmm. children too you know what i mean that's that's such a great mm -hmm. like yeah. way to put it out there yeah. and, and i think part of the conversation Carlos and I had in our last podcast was like, what exactly are we protecting them from? Yeah, so. it's true. I mean, uh, you know, and what, hearing you say that makes me think about my mom and how she wants me protected, right? As a trans mm. person who's mm. queer and Latinx and I think um, is seen as queer in whatever that means. Um, and so what does that mean for her as a parent of a trans kid to know that your child is constantly under threat of erasure and violence mm -hmm. and um be and i will say you know uh, the more of the i guess energy that's strange for me has come from latino men and um i don't know what it is i don't know what it is i really don't um and i think that it's potentially a lack of understanding lack of awareness the feeling threatened um and some things maybe y'all can educate me <laughs> so as i've socialized <clears throat> in some ways like socially transitioned not just physically um i've come to receive different mannerisms from cis men assumedly cis men mm. like the nod i'm like what is up with the nod you know mm. like i we recognize each other and what does that mean what if we you didn't nod I, I think about that why are you too, nodding at yeah. me is that a respectability thing what is that i don't know what that <laughs> is and also like i talked to one of my friends and they're like they're trans too um and they're like you know uh i'm trying to learn how to be a man with my mannerism mm. and i'm like yeah i've thought about that too but it's because of safety it's not because that actually comes natural to me it's because Got i it. want to be able to pass so that mm -hmm. people don't question me being in a certain space. Yeah. And I'm like, what does that mean to be a man, right? In terms of mannerism. Yeah. What, yeah, no, 100%. And I think even things like that, I I mean, I don't know, Carlos, what you think. But, I mean, I, I feel like I've been nodded at where it's like, oh, yeah, you see me, I see you. There's a respect thing. And it's almost yeah. like a, a dog sniffing mm -hmm. someone else's dog's territory. Like, okay, I'll mm -hmm. kick it right here. What's up? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it feels like. Like, what's up? Like, where are you from? Type deal, you know? Hey, what's and up? So, exactly. And exactly. not to mean two very yep. different things. Also, yeah. unspoken. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I've had of, both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, also, usually a nod down is like a respectful, a nod mm -hmm. up is like, a, that's what's like, up? what's up? Like, what yeah. are you looking at? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're right. Like, I mean, what does it mean to like play into these, um, mannerisms that are just like 
that sh- that show that you're a man or that show that you're manly, masculine. Because mm-hmm. I mean, th- those may not be mm-hmm. the the healthiest way of of communicating. Yet exist. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, wish I could. I mean, I don't wild. know. You're so wild. Yeah. yeah, I think I think something that yeah. um and, and kind of what I what I oh go ahead go ahead Bree. No, 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 go ahead. Uh, <clears throat> I was gonna say I think one of the things that I think really stands out to me that I feel is a is of concern, which is I think why this conversation for me is important is um, you know, we talked a little bit off air about the discussion and really what we wanted to talk about. You shared a little bit of with us about your story. And I think what really stood out to me was just how unsafe you feel. Right. And, and so to me, like that's concerning, like that's concerning as fuck because that shouldn't be like, you know what I mean? Like, especially knowing, and it's funny, I I was looking at your Instagram and, and Sant and I had really not had this, (laughs) had, we haven't had this discussion for the last three years that we've had this podcast. And I think part of the reason is because, and I think Sant can agree we don't really hop on the trends on shit, right? Like, it's not really like, oh, this is what everyone's talking about. We need to talk about it, you know? And um, and I think maybe, I don't know, maybe Saw and I are just at a point where through our own self-discovery and our own growth, there's this empathy of, like, being open to understanding now how much these conversations are important. That, like, we were even going into this, like, very intentionally, right? About, like, hey, this isn't about as Sant mentioned, like, we don't want this to come off as a token of like, hey, it's Pride Month. We're talking about it. We're on board. Hey, hey, hey. Like, no, like we are acknowledging that the conversations that we're having all year about masculinity, you know, and homophobia contributes to that. Now, maybe we can address that this month, but this isn't something that we just talk about for the week. And then it's like, all right, cool. We go back to what we were doing. And uh, and there was some fear tied to that, like just bringing up the conversation, right? Like, how do we bring this up from a place of love that we can become allies as we genuinely want to and, and something that you posted that i'm glad i saw your instagram because you you mentioned it says you you said can we have more cis accountability instead of trans awareness hmm. and I, and uh-huh. that to me was like yeah. mm, we're on the right track right because this isn't oh hey we're gonna bring someone and talk to you so that they can it's like hey i'm just acknowledging that i've contributed to this problem because uh-huh. i've been very homophobic and i've just chosen to do that right you know what really stood out to me about what you're saying right now, Bree, that is kind of wild, is you're talking about trying to figure out what a man is. And as a straight cisgender man myself, I'm also uh, trying to figure that out. And I can't even imagine if I feel unsafe, <laughs> if I feel like I don't fit in a space and I want protection. I can't even imagine the layers of the discomfort and safety that you don't feel. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty wild. And I will say I do have privilege being more masculine, right? Um, compared to mm. folks assigned male who are trans femme, right? Mm. Um, and also I'm noticing that in terms of being read as a quote unquote man, I also am emphasizing masculinity versus femininity. Whereas I recognize, well, one, I probably don't pass because I don't have facial hair and my voice isn't that deep. And two, so when I open my mouth, it's done already. Um, And then two, my mannerisms can be feminine, but from when I'm talking, I use my hands a lot as I'm doing right now. And what if I'm read as a queer man, right? And even that in itself doesn't feel safe. But like, Hmm. should I also conform for safety? And what does that mean in terms of 
just existing, right? And that's one thing that I appreciated about being having the privilege of being home with the shutdowns is that it gave Mm -hmm. me time to just exist in my own self without having eyes on me otherwise, you know? Yeah. I mean, and I I felt very safe then. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I feel like that totally comes to show like how much socialization really does play a role in who we are. Like, I one of the things I mentioned in the last, I think in the last podcast. And that really irks me about the let's fucking protect our children thing is that we're socializing them day in and day out. And if it's not you necessarily, I mean, which it is, right? When when the child sees mommy and daddy kiss, it's mommy and daddy, right? They're, they're, you're showing them what love looks like, right? When you go take them to a movie that's like, you know, princess in distress, uh, Prince comes to say, right? It's showing you already so many dynamics. You're going to see yourself and who, like whoever you identify with. And you're like, that's what I need to be. I need to be Prince Charming, right? I need to be this, this person that's going to step up, you know, when, when violence takes place and the, the, the female character is good. Right. And so we may not see it that way because we got socialized that way as well. Right. And so, you know, <clears throat> I think for for me, it's more like, well, what are we really protecting them from? Because to me, it just seems like we're just socializing them to do certain things. With that being said, I also do feel that like, yes, our bodies are different, right? Our, our, our like bodies do like develop differently. And so I can see mm-hmm. where maybe some lines sometimes are drawn Um. Yeah, at the same time, I think it's important to be aware of what that necessarily implicates when it comes to the socialization of the next generation for ourselves, how we see ourselves. Because just because I'm built a certain way doesn't mean I can't cry, doesn't mean I can't like do certain things. You know, earlier I was thinking about Carlos. I don't know if you remember this. This was like a long time ago. I think we were in like community college at the time and total just fucking, you know, hardheads. And he showed me this video of like this little cute dog jumping through the snow. And I remember going, oh, (laughs) (laughs) like I I almost did this thing to cover cover it up, you know, because I couldn't help. Cover the awe? Yeah. I couldn't couldn't help but think like, oh my God, it's so cute. And it came out and I was like, "Mm," you know, I just hardened up, you know. And that's debilitating, I think, to a certain degree. That's deep shit. That's some deep ass shit. It is. That's wild. Yeah, I I feel like, you know, something that I've I've shared in um, other spaces has been, so I'm not currently on testosterone. I have been on testosterone in the past. Testosterone's fucking powerful. Like, when I was on it, I couldn't cry as easily. I thought a lot faster and I had less of a filter and I went more to frustration than sadness. And so I was maybe at a third or half of what a typical testosterone level is. And so I can't imagine <laughs> being a cis man born and then socialized and then hormones. It's I, yeah, I almost felt sorry for cis men at that point. Almost. Almost. Yeah. And that's crazy to think of the science behind it, you know, because I think for us, it's just 
a reality thing. Like we just kind of live with it. Um, And so it's interesting to think of it from that perspective. Yeah, you're just living with so much shit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have any thoughts. I don't know if you remember that day. I do. I I do. I'm just thinking about like just the way we've been told to process everything. Right. And I think everything's just been very much fear-based. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's something that I think is, is, is very heavy because it gets thrown with a lot of layers that don't necessarily exist because of the way we've been socialized. Right. Um, This, this narrative of, you know, and, and this is what I've seen in my experiences is like, Oh man, you know, it's someone that's trans. Oh, they they want to they want to touch our kids, mm. right? The restroom issue is is like the biggest thing, and and you know, again, I I for the sake of really trying to understand it, it's like okay, there's a fear to protect our kids, cool. But outside of that, is like this isn't real. Like, what kind of stuff are we really feeding ourselves that we're looking at consistently? And I mentioned this on the other episode where I'm like, there's like legit pedophiles that are that are straight that are like legit doing this stuff and it's mm-hmm. fucked up no matter what. Right. But it's like, but we don't, we don't seem to have that same approach in terms of like how we're directing our anger. And I think that, that sometimes that really shifts that bias in what we're really trying to say, you know? Um, I, I don't know. I, I think I'm just processing as I'm listening. And, and that's just something that really stands out to me that I'm like, man, a lot of the things that, that we hear and, now listening to you, Bree, as well, is like we're ner- we're literally creating a narrative of someone being dangerous when they literally are just looking for the same safety that we are. And here we are thinking that like we're just pointing fingers at other people. Yeah, it's um it's interesting. Like I was talking to my parents about this this past weekend, and you know, I think that there's this idea of indoctrination, right? if it's an education, mm-hmm. K to 12, et cetera. Um, but I'm like, you know, if indoctrination like that is real, why wasn't I straight? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like I was raised by straight parents. I got told in school that everyone is straight and cisgender. Like there would literally be no gay, queer, trans people. <laughs> there's no, there's secret yeah, libraries right? out there. Uh, because right? of colonization, <laughs> Yeah, but it's like it's like if this is the rhetoric, like, and if somebody abides very much by the Bible, whatever it may be, right? Like, then we wouldn't exist because how are we even indoctrinated to begin with, right? Because yeah, colonizers came point. and wiped it all out, so mm-hmm. wouldn't they no longer exist? This doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and also, just yeah. one note: like gendered restrooms, the history of that starts in the mid eighteen hundreds with men deciding that women needed to be separate from men for their own safety from hey. men. When the industrial period happened. So when women started to go into the industries, right, into the factories, et cetera, back in the mid-1800s, white women, men said, we're going to protect you by creating separate train cars, separate restrooms, separate libraries for you because we know better than you do. And it all comes back Mm. to the patriarchy. How interesting. That that is some shit right there. You know, like mm-hmm. as I hear you talk, I'm I'm more and more interested to hear on like your perspective and views on masculinity, toxic masculinity, and like kind of what, like how, um, like I mean, just really a perspective more than anything, because I think oftentimes, like especially 
as uh, you know, me growing up through my adolescent years, early adulthood years, for me, like I felt like being a man was a big part of my identity. Um, in the sense of like, you know, that's why I'm whatever. And I, I still think, of, of course it is on the, on the forefront of other people. That's what they see first. Yeah. Like I, I do feel that I've kind of backed away from it more and I kind of lean on other identities that I have, but, and, and not that like, I don't, I, I feel like, you know, yes, I'm a man, cisgender man. Um, but I, I almost feel like that's one of the identities I've like kind of placed down on the surgery table. And I let me dissect this a little bit more as I move forward in my being. Um, because I mean, um, you know, with, with a lot of thinking of my little nephews, my little niece, like what are some of the values that I want to instill and how am I, you know, once again, socialization, what part am I playing in socializing them to be either uh, a, a cute little girl or a tough little boy um, cause I see that often, like, especially with my little nephew, I see him often like, Oh, I want to be like you. And, you know, and I do have a lot of, fun. if you look at me on the surface, I look like a douchebag. I have tattoos. I have a mustache. I have a big ass truck. Like, true. you it's know, true. it's all true. And oh, my little nephew. Yes, I'm one of those spices, dude. Oh, and my little, my little, I hope you're not. Like, and he's, and he's got a Raider hat. Freeway. I, no, no, no. Okay, no. the Raiders I support. I support the Raiders. That's fine. The truck is go. pushing it a little too far. <laughs> but you know what? I drive my truck very responsibly. I'm, I'm actually mm -hmm. no. I That's because I'm. Say. It's it's a gas guzzler. <laughs> I can't be like zooming down. Uh, some people do but that. But anyway, yeah, some people do do that. And whatever. I, I I'm a safe driver. That's fair. I am a safe driver, and I think I've become more of a safe driver since I've met Denise because she does check me often and says that I drive fast. So maybe you're right. Maybe you're onto something, and I'm just being defensive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I kind of just want to hear more about you, just your perspective on what like masculinity looks like because I don't think to be masculine is wrong, and I think that's what a lot of like cisgender men are afraid of. Like, what are you trying to say? Like, that's reverse sexism, which I don't think is true either. But like, you know, chill. Like, you know, um, like I think toxic masculinity exists, and there's a way to like navigate masculinity without being, you know, toxic or a piece of shit or however you want to put it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of, yeah, I'm really just questioning myself in the way that I show up. Um, and I think for me, I try to catch myself in terms of who am I speaking over? Who am I interrupting? Um, I manspread at work a lot. I throw mm. my shit all over the place and I take up space. Um, I think in terms of toxicity, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's an assumption that I'm just attracted to cis women, which I'm not. Um, my partner's a cis man. I, I, I appreciate and recognize that I definitely objectify people um, in ways that mm -hmm. I think is socially acceptable for people like me to do and uh, masculine people to do. And uh, I, I think also in terms of like really understanding how my cis men friends think and operate and we're able to have these types of discussions which i really appreciate and catching when we're doing that um and catching when you know we enter spaces and we demand more just by speaking 
um, or mm. have the ear more of other people. And I think that it's really important for me as an educator and as a practitioner um, and as a supervisor to ensure that I am also creating space and time for people who are femme or feminine or black women or women in general, right? To, to have that. And I'm saying creating as if I own the space and sometimes I do, right? In mm-hmm. my position of power um, or as a whatever, when next year, whenever I get my PhD, like that's, that's mm-hmm. gonna come with it, right? Yeah. Um, and so I need to be mindful of that, you know? And, and even talking yeah. to my sister, right? Like to me, she's femme. Um, and the way that she is objectified and treated is gross. And to be honest with you, I don't miss mm. that shit because I used to get that too. Not anymore. People look at me and they're like, what the fuck are you? Um, but, you know, like I don't have to deal with that shit anymore. And there's a lot of good mm-hmm. shit that comes with that. And there's a lot of weirdness and awkwardness that comes with it too. Yeah. No, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, and, and you know, I... I think even like it made me think about so one of my RAs, she um she just moved into a, a new position. Uh she's gonna be a graduate school. And like I feel like um I mean she's never called me this, but I hope that's what I've been to her. It's been a mentor as it comes to my like me as a professional and whatnot. And so we've been we've been thinking about like, you know, um like just meeting up, like catching up because it's been some time and they're going to be starting the grad program that I did uh, this upcoming fall. So I'm trying just to, to, you know, kind of get them prepared, mentally prepared, whatnot. Um, And, and we had mentioned like, Oh, we should grab dinner. And I mentioned like, and once again, in my mind, it was just kind of like, I just want to make sure they feel safe. And I mentioned like, do you mind if I like, or would you like me to invite some of the other RLCs who are my peers who they also know very well. They work with very closely. And, and obviously it was me like trying to make sure that they felt safe in this position. Um, And I also felt like, is this overkill? Like, am I just overthinking? Yada, yada. Point being though, I almost, I feel like I got affirmed in that way of thinking because I I mentioned it to my wife today. Like, oh yeah. Like, you know, and I kind of like walked her through what I just walked out through. And she was like, wow, like I actually, I like, that's very respectable of you to be mindful of like your power of position, your power of like, not just as a supervisor, possible mentor, um, mm-hmm. but also someone who's like a holder of information that they may want to get from me, you know, and, and yeah. making sure that they just feel comfortable in all of that. Um, and so, you know, that's not to say, oh, yay me. I mean, I, I did pat myself on the back a little bit, but I think Fuck those yeah. are the perks <laughs> of at least being a little bit of a, a aware of yourself, I think, because all those things you mentioned in terms of mm-hmm. like how those positions of power and how it affects other people are 100% true. Um, but anyways, uh-huh. which I think brings up a brings up a great point too of of you know intersectionality, which we've talked about before, mm-hmm. right? And I think that that is such a key part about all of this, which is really understanding, first of all, having the awareness, right? Like understanding how we are moving in the world and how sometimes even how we're expected to, not for the sake of we're going to, but I think having that awareness is is key, right? Um, and and just being aware of our privileges and it's funny because I feel like that's kind of where I'm at right now with my overthinking, because I think before it was like I was just so ignorant about everything that I just talked and talked and talked. And sometimes it was like, dude, that 
I find myself now being on the other end of it. Like you said, Son, where I'm like sometimes over empathizing and then catching myself like you're kind of talking down on people mm. when you do that. Right. And and what's interesting about that, though, is like I, I had an incident with a with a white gentleman who I, I might have shared this with you, Son, who came up to me. I think and was you like, did. He was but like, hey, bro. yeah, he's like, hey, bro. So like, how do you say, you know, what? tamales? And I was like, like tamales. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, tamales. And he's like, oh, tamale. I just want to make sure that, like, you know, that I'm being mindful and that I don't, like, offend you. And, like, mind you, mind you, I we're both, we're both like, super cool, right? And so, and I told and I told him, like, because I never really thought about it, but I was like, you don't think I fucking know that you don't know how to say it, bro? Like, what? Like, <laughs> why, why would you? But I thought of that incident, though, and I realized that it was, like, even, even now, I still think, when I catch myself overthinking, Sant kind of brought this up, but it's, like, I'd much rather go into it being overly empathetic and like know that I'm being open about it and catch myself and say, Hey, you know what? I was wrong. I shouldn't have addressed it this way. Then to continue being ignorant of like, I'm going to do things my way and this is how I handle it. You know? Um, Cause I find myself in this, like on both ends of those where I'm getting triggered by people doing that to me and then finding mm -hmm. myself of like, Whoa, I didn't mean to say that. And um, like something that came up with that right now was, was uh, pronouns. And, and I saw this, this skit, like just, yeah, it was the other day, uh, like, a comedian where he was talking about how essentially like if I don't feel the need to, to address my pronouns, that's fine. But why do we have such a hard time with respecting somebody that has them? Right. And then if it, the joke was like, he mentioned that we have a hard time with that, but then we'll call Hulk Hogan by Hulk Hogan and not by his name, Terry, mm. you know? And he's like, they tell you to call me Hulk Hogan and you'll do it. And nobody tells you to change your name. Why do you guys have such a hard time respecting somebody else? And the way that they want to be named and addressed. And, and, you know, I think comedy sometimes is such a great way to bring awareness to the shit that we're saying or that we're doing, yeah. you know, because it really puts into perspective like, mm -hmm. oh, that is, you know, when I when I sit back, I'm like, oh, shit, I've gotten triggered by that. But that's so true. Nobody's asking me mine. I can just respect somebody else's. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you all have heard of Hari Kondabolu. Have you heard of him? He's a comedian no. who's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. He's South Asian. Uh, he does nothing but equity, justice types of comedy. More recently, he's done it mm. more about his kid because he recently had a kid. Um, okay. But he does it in a way that lands really well for people and also mm. makes people uncomfortable, but makes them think, which I really appreciate. So you should definitely check him out. Harry, Hari Kondabolu. I'm going to check mm. him out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's and, some, and, some dark humor out there for sure. Yeah, and I never really understood like the the pronouns thing because it's like someone else is obs like, and, and people like, oh, like they try to come off as very unfiltered and raw and hard and all this stuff. But as soon as you use the wrong pronouns on them, they fucking definitely get their <laughs> like you know they get upset quick. Oh my god, for real. And it's it just like it's just yeah. so odd to me that there's this sense of like dissonance. On something that for them is so real, but can't validate it for someone else's experience. Um, I think that for me is what stands stands out for me for sure. Um, but yeah, and I mean, I'm you know one of the things I think between me and Carlos that we've talked about is like I think in the in the educational spaces that I'm in, for the most like for the most part, by and large, people will abide by like talking, you know. Um, using people's pronouns it's it's more regularly practiced and i know you know like when it maybe it comes to construction jobs or jobs where you're gonna have um 
traditionally more like, you know, those manly men who, you know, whatever. Um, that's not really like a thing that they think about. Um, you know, and so like, it, it's just almost like this like crazy clash of people from different situations. And I think like social media is really boosting a lot of the voices out there. Um, I mean, I don't really have a point to it. To me, it's just more of like, it feels like such a, a point in history where like this phenomena is happening, where there's a lot of um, maybe like clarity for some folks. And for some folks, they're just not seeing it, you know? And that's also not to like belittle that side, because I think, you know, I try my best not to fall into this like divide and conquer type of like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And I also understand that's part of my privilege too, you know, um, because I, I don't like, there's so much of it. I, I have an experience and it's easier for me to like sit in the flame. And for me, I think that's what makes an ally very important because I know there's even, there's been um, critiques on what it means to be an ally, which I totally 100% see one day you could be an ally one day you can't. And it takes a moment to not be an ally. Right. Um, and, and I think that's where it's important to have that sense of, I think, integrity, that sense of, you know, that sense of just like, I think at the end of the day, it's love, like love of like just your community, the people in your circles and trying to like make things fit. Um, and I, sometimes I get really lost because I don't know what that looks like, even the part I play, you uh -huh. know. Um, and I think we all do play a part. Um, but yeah, and, and like Carlos brought up earlier, sometimes I'm afraid that I'm gonna get critiqued for not doing enough or not doing it the right way. And this isn't a boohoo thing for me as a sister because there's so many fucking um uh there, there's so much privilege that I've lived off of that sometimes it's just like okay, how how can I once again, how can I be that ally and be legit about it? Anyways, I'm, I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but or like a rant. But I don't know. Like it's just, it, I think to me it's more of a mindfuck. Yeah, it is. Um, I think that it's it's it, you know I'm thinking about what y'all were saying earlier in terms of like um, over empathizing, and I, I think about I recall a time where I had a supervisor who misgendered me a couple times. And well, more than a couple times. Um, but it was at one point when we were, it was pre-pandemic, we were still working and she called me and she called me crying on the phone, apologizing over and over and saying she was not a horrible person because she misgendered me. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Jesus mm. Christ. First like, off, now you're responsible. Why are you calling me? Yes. First of all, why are you calling me? Second of all, unnecessary um this is way too much <laughs> and it becomes you know her feeling better rather than me and i'm over here like bitch this shit has happened and also <laughs> yeah. like recognize it apologize and move on like that's yeah. what you do you apologize recognize move on you know and try to be better and i think that mm -hmm. you know i think that people are afraid of making mistakes and so they're so worried about the mistake happening that they make the mistake because they're so hyper-focused on it. And mm -hmm. it's more about leaning into that discomfort. And I think something that I've talked about um, at work and with some friends is like this idea of 
council culture is so huge, right? Mm. And I get it. And I think there's certain people where there's a need for that. Like I think about R. Kelly, right? Um, mm. And mm -hmm. I also mm. think about, you know, where is the threshold in terms of believing that somebody can do better besides mm -hmm. this one moment, right? Like, I, obviously, if it's egregious, that's something that, like I mentioned, R. Kelly. Um, that's a whole other thing. And so I just, I just sit with that of like, what does it mean to, to, to overdo it? Where sometimes I think that people by default can be like, no, let's protect, similarly to let's protect the kids. They're like, let's protect the trans, like, at, you know, in other institutions I've worked at. And it's like, bro, you're overcompensating. Like, it's not that serious. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh yeah, you, <laughs> you, you that, and that's such a, that's such a good point. Cause I, I think that there's also this, um, this is where I like now tying it into the mental health, which is also part of this month as well, is like the inner work becomes really important because I think a lot of times we're projecting a lot of traumas with that, right? Like this isn't about, oh, we're going to hold him accountable because as a man, he did this or because it's like, I just, you messed up. You should suffer and I'm canceling you, right? Because I always wonder and I'm like, okay, how, how much are you really about this though? Right. Like, like how much are we really trying to, and we've, Son and I have talked about this before, you know, like when we, when it was about masculinity and like, we need to get rid of cards, like certain cartoons because the way that they're degrading women. Right. And then everyone hopped on board with it. And, you know, I agree. The intention was pure. I think the intention behind like, yeah, we shouldn't be objectifying women. I'm down with that shit. I, I, I always try to find where we agree. And I'm like, I agree with y'all that we should not be objectifying women, treating them like pieces of meat. Now, Son and I have been talking about this for the last two years, and I could tell you right now, getting rid of one cartoon isn't the work. That's not how we actually get closer to this mission. We need to redirect that energy. But to your point, I think a lot of times it's, uh, you fucked up. And, and what that does, right? Because I don't think we realize that subconsciously, maybe we're a little older, right? Maybe we might have enough of that self-awareness to understand it. But especially for younger generations, all they're seeing is you fuck up, you're going to get in trouble. And I'm not going to, I know I shouldn't throw everyone in, in, in a pool, but I could almost, I could almost assure you that a good portion of us are already seeing that at home. So now to see that at home, that you better not make mistakes because something going to happen. And now you go into social media and into the world and it's saying you better not make mistakes because something's going to happen. And how will we ever be able to grow now? You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people exist right beyond a moment of misgendering someone, <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and 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 it's 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 a lot. It's a lot. You know, it, it is. Now, if somebody's outright refusing, that's a whole other story, right? Um, or somebody's being malicious, and that's another story, and that's another conversation. Um, but I, I think that it's important to recognize and empathize that people make mistakes. And you know, one of my colleagues and I um, at my previous institution where I worked at where we had offices right next to each other and they're brown uh latinx non-binary more femme uh, assigned male we were last semester before i left there were at least seven times where we were called each other's name in email phone calls first of all my voicemail second of all my name is not the same on an email and in person and that was like compounded of us both sharing similar identities, but we literally look nothing alike. And I'm just mm. like, damn, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, damn, oh, y'all. Like, this is all of these things, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That's, uh, I mean, that must be so fucking frustrating. You know, once again, like, because I think at the end of the day, I that's mean, what... at the end, we're just fucking joke about it now. Yeah. That's yeah. Um, what one of the things I, I think too that, um, that was being mentioned i think also like i think one of the, the in our last conversation carlos like i felt like i like i really like you educated me a lot when it comes to like i think oftentimes and um i think sorry i i, I just want to like i don't know if it was mentioned but like you know that fear of making sure that like you know like Bree with your parents th that your safety is intact right and i think that safety piece is always a part of like just our survival instincts but thinking about like how our homophobic actions come from that trauma of either our safety like making sure i'm not being perceived in any certain way so i'm not a target um and and then how that like then gets externalized in this like agro mannerism of like oh well like that's gay or like oh that's this right um I think for me, that really was an eye-opening piece because, and once again, that that's not so much for, for empathy on my part, but for myself to have an understanding of how my own fucking mind works, you know? Um, and I think how many minds work, you know? I feel like there's that story of, like, oftentimes the most aggressive person when it comes to these ideologies could be closeted gay dudes, right? And it's like, damn, like, I can't yeah. even fathom the mental gymnastics it took for you to get to a point where <clears throat> you're you know 30s 40s maybe a whole ass family and and you know you you're yeah. you're gay right all because of what you know yeah, i think sad. to me so that tragic. those are really sad tragic stories yeah it is and i think it's happening at a, at a really fast rate I, you know i think what's what's happening at least from what i'm Learning and from what I'm seeing is, you know, machismo being the issue that it's always been, right? And and a lot of us really being defined by this, trying to fit that mold, trying to be that manly man. And now we have we have a lot of conversations about sexuality, right? More exposure to Pride Month, things like this. And so I think what's happening is is it's really shedding to light and it's really opening those wounds to a lot of insecurities that for a while we've been able to mask and you know there's still enough privilege that we can mask it but it's it's diminishing and it's happening at a faster rate where you know for a long time we could have said i'm good at being numb i don't want to feel you know I'm, I'm a manly man blah 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 and then now all this is thrown where it's like if you know what you like you know what you like bro but we've we've all kind of been in our own caves trying to handle that, trying to tackle that, trying to bury it under. So again, I think this really yep. brings that to light, and it's really built on on insecurities. Um, and I I was guilty of it. I mean, I've told Son like I was I would go as far as just like you know, the color of the shirt that I was wearing is oh it's a pink shirt like that's kind of gay. I won't wear that, you know. Now and now looking back, thinking like, mm -hmm. dude, if I know what I like, what the hell does that shirt really matter? And 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 as him and I even discussed is. It sounds kind of silly, but at the same time, dudes will kill each other over that, right? It's like, oh, no, like, I can't have a friend that is into pink shirts. I'm, you know, like, this shit, 
turns very serious very quickly because of those insecurities. And I think not knowing how to handle those insecurities, like we don't know how to talk about that, right? To say like, hey, this makes me feel kind of weird or whatever it is. Because I think that that's valid on all spectrums. You know, like 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 you said, Son, like I don't want the boohoo. No, but I think it's also valid that we're all we're all kind of falling victims to this. Yeah. Now to sit here and be like, oh no, like I'm not responsible because uh-huh. of what I went through. No, I, I don't. But I don't think any of us right now are in that space. I don't feel like anybody's sitting here like, oh, I deserve. No, no, no. It's I'm aware of the things and how they're making me feel. And then what can we do with that? You know, um, something that uh, I did want to talk about, uh, Bree, is Sa and I have really, you know, us being in a cisgender male community, right, with a bunch of manly ass men, a bunch of degenerates, which is our space, our community, and. Even within our own, we put each other down, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? And so what's been that? Mm. Has there been a challenge within your own community um, of supporting each other, of this safety? Like, can you talk to us a little bit about that? I think it depends on which community you're talking about. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Educate me. So like the LGBTQ community? The Latinx, mm-hmm. you know, uh, there's okay. nuances, okay. right? There's the LGBTQ community as a whole. There is uh, trans folks as a whole. There's Latinx folks. There's, um, mm. you know, I, last month, this past month, there has been a lot of shit on Twitter about um, if you Google uh, gays against groomers. So that is cisgender queer men who are anti-trans who talk about trans people being groomers and separating themselves and saying, I am a part of the LGBTQ community, not the LGBTQ community. Mm. That is something different than me. And I do not claim them. And it's some deep shit. Uh, I think in terms of, you know, uh, I I think in general, LGBTQ, let alone just trans, right? I mean, anti-blackness is everywhere. And I think that's important to name as a non-black person and somebody who is Latinx, who's not black um, and acknowledging that, you know, black folks, even within the Latinx community are constantly under threat and erasure, uh, let Mm. alone being trans, right? On top of that. Um, And I think, you know, when it comes to, um, there is a, there will always be, I should say, a limited understanding of the experience of somebody who's trans or non-binary from cis folks. And I think that there have been times where folks are like, I understand. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. You actually don't. Right. <laughs> and that's okay. Right. You don't have to understand. I'm not here to make people understand my lived experience because they don't have that lived experience, right? I think what it is is about like being respectful, not physically harming anyone which is a lot to say (laughs) and sad that I have to say that. Um, And I think that, you know, uh, in that intergroup mentality of this idea of even calling it LGBTQ community, like there are really conservative, rich, white, cisgender gay men, right? And lesbians Mm. who don't give a fuck about people like me. And these disparities that exist, right, in terms of poverty, lack of education, um, unemployment, uh, more likely to pass in various ways, right? Um, And so I think it's important to be mindful of the nuances of that. And, you know, me getting a PhD next year, 
Like I've heard like 2% of Latinas, like point something percent of Latinos, whatever the fuck it is. And I'm over here telling my cohort mates like, hey, I'm doing it for the decimals because I don't fucking know what I am. <laughs> In terms of these yeah. decimals, right? Like I don't, yeah. I don't fucking know, but it's going to happen and I'm going to be one of them. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I think it's, yeah. it's all kinds of complicated and nuanced. And I think that's the beauty of life. And I feel really privileged in a lot of ways to have, have experienced existing as multiple genders, whether or not that felt good for me in that moment. And it's a pretty badass thing, in my opinion, to have been able to experience that. And I tell the students that I work with that and other trans folks, like, we're fucking magic, right? Mm, like, sick. indigenous people, like pre-colonization and even now right of indigeneity have always existed in this way and it's yeah. badass shit it's a mind fuck in a lot of ways and it's badass shit yeah. i do have something to ask you all um, for me to learn more you know something that i've noticed is like men when they greet each other even at conferences i don't know if you've noticed this santiago are like hey bro and like get their hand out and clasp and then like pat on the back twice, but you can't hold it there and then let go. And I'm like, why are you greeting me like that? They just give me mm. the side hug. And I'm like, mm. this is so coded and so layered yeah. in so many ways. Mm. So do you not see me as a guy, even though yeah. you say you do? Yeah. Um, and also like, what does that greeting look like? And with me or with assigned female people, you have to be a little softer. <laughs> yeah. And you I will never forget. The last, the last time I went out to a straight club, which I default all of them as straight unless they're designated queer, um, I I was in this little mini dress in Vegas, and I will never forget. Like when I talked to some guy, I was like, "Okay, bro," and I like did that, like that bro hug with the hand clasp, and I'm like, "I'm not a fucking woman." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, this. I, yeah, you know, I I don't know. You know, I feel like that that's some shit I, I never even thought about. Um, I know I I do it mainly with people who I already know. Um, now, like, so I feel like there there has to be like a built in relationship. Um, however, you know, I think what's more, like interesting. I think what you mentioned is more of the disparity in how I greet people and. How maybe when I greet someone that way who like um you said like you mentioned yourself, for example, right? Uh I probably wouldn't do that to you, right? And I don't know if I would or wouldn't, but let's just say in the, the sake of discussion, yeah, yeah. like like you know, I, I wouldn't have. I think in part it definitely would be like the sense of like I mean, I, I don't know, maybe that sense of like of um I think hesitancy. And I think hesitancy has kind of mm. been a theme that we've kind of brought up a few times throughout this conversation where it's mm. like, well, I, I don't want to come off X way, right? I don't want to come off aggressive. I don't want to come <laughs> off this way or that. But I will say, I will say that I, I think by and large, the reason we do that is to show love and embrace man to man in a way that yeah. isn't gay, right? That isn't seen as this way mm. right and, and i and i think that really is the raw truth of it god forbid you use both arms right <clears throat> oh you know here's what's interesting i, I will say this the first person that came to mind was dj and i'm a hmm. hey, shout out to my guy dj because my guy dj gives the best 
hugs, he does bro. Give big old and, bear and hugs. you know what? And DJ's the kind of guy that like, if you try to get away with the one with the one arm little side hug, that motherfucker will not let you. Yeah. Like he will yeah. bring you in. And and I will say that I think, you know, personally, I think I've I've broken a little bit of that barrier where I I am. And and you know what? I found myself. I've found myself now being the one to give other men genuine hugs because i felt like it's been so powerful for me i love that to to receive like to receive a genuine hug from dj and the thing is like you're talking about dj is like it's tough fucking muscular dude that's such a badass not just physically but just mentally like he's one of my role models and then so to see this guy to be very loving that i'm like this is sick dude and then we can go and do a spartan race in big bear and sweat our asses off Right. And do manly physical stuff. And so I think that that's kind of giving me the inspiration to pass it down to other men of like, sure, maybe it is a little uncomfortable for them. Like I see with my dad, I give my dad those two handed hugs now. And like maybe it's weird for him, but like we start to normalize that, you know. Um, I also think there's another part of that, too, Brie, which is like, how do you like to be greeted? And that's something that's not asked. Right. 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 Yeah, I think that's what I was thinking. Or like, even like, like, like you uh, said, like, my, uh, uh, yeah. Some brought up, sorry, some brought that up, like overthinking it. But I was like, yeah, I think I overthought it for a split second. But then I was like, you know what? No, like, Bree, how, how would you like to be? How would you like to be greeted? Would you like a hug? Would you like a high five? Would you like some knuckles? Yeah. Talk to me, you know? Depends on the person. I personally don't like. Like being touched. <laughs> okay. So at, at a previous workplace, everybody gave each other hugs, and I'm like, oh, absolutely not. People would mm. be like, hey, um, can I give you a hug? Or they go in for it, and I'd be like, eh, actually, no. And so whenever they get a hug from me, it'd be like, wow, this is a miracle. I'm like, yeah, actually, I don't like people touching me. <laughs> I just noticed that socializing, right, of how that happens yeah. to certain people or not, and I'm like, hmm, I wonder. Why does this happen? Yeah. Why does this not happen? What does this mean? Yeah. And you know what? And I I think what where your mind is going to is probably super valid in the sense that it is 100% possible that person um, may not see you as that masculine man that, you, you know, you feel you you may or may not be, right? Just totally depends. And so, um, yeah, I, I think that there may be partially that. But I think there's also so many complex pieces that I think makes this de-puzzling of the mind really difficult. Because it's like, what part are we focusing on? And I think we kind of have to be self-aware enough to be able to focus it all at the same time. And I think that's really a big part of why we want to have this podcast and these discussions is to build that self-awareness and ability to you know work with one's mind. Even calling it back to the Reiki thing, the the whole Reiki thing that we were able to do, uh, my boy Leroy, yeah. Leroy, shout out to him. He mentioned, um, or was it? It may have been someone else, but anyway, shout out to Leroy. Anyways, if it wasn't you, um, someone mentioned like that they were able to get so much more out of this breathing session because of all the work they've already done. Because it's not just a Reiki session and that's it. There's so much pre work. That should be given day in and day out. As you, and on top of that, yeah, like do these things as well, right? Um, because I think that's one of the things that Carlos and I try to talk about is diversifying our mental health and how we focus on it, right? Like it's not just going to the that. gym. It's not just, you know, reading a book. It's not, no, it, you have to really like immerse yourself 
in this way of thinking to the point yep. that you identify yep. yourself as not just a man, this and that. I identify, I identify myself as self-aware. I identify myself as someone who is emotionally intelligent, X, Y, and Z, right? Yeah, I appreciate that. And and I think doing that that work because it is work. It's work to be conscious and to be self aware, and to catch yourself as you know biases are coming up. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it's really really important to be able to find that groove. Um, and I I I mean I think therapy is amazing. And I also recognize how shitty our healthcare is in this fucking country. Like mm -hmm. shit is so fucking inaccessible and I fucking hate it. And that obviously leads to like continuation of mental health. Um, and, and, and I did put in my, uh, uh, my bio, I'm neurodivergent. So I'm, I have major depressive disorder. I have generalized anxiety disorder. Also I'm diagnosed with gender dysphoria. So like to be trans uh, in medical eyes mm. in order to get accessible healthcare, you have to be diagnosed with the mental disorder. Mm. So mm. just naming that, that's fucking wild yeah. to me. And I told my yeah. papa that. I told papa, because I had surgery in January, top surgery. Fucking amazing. People who have not had breasts, oh, Jesus Christ. I am so envious of you your whole life if you haven't experienced that. Um, but I told papa, I was like, you know, papa, like, this costs $55,000. And if I didn't have insurance, I would have, one, had to pay for that or fly somewhere where it would be cheaper. And two... I had to go through a years long process in order to get approved by my mm. entire medical team. And I don't feel like women who get breast augmentation need to do that. Right. Mm. Like I feel like there are not certain requirements for other people to get gender affirming care. And when mm. I told him that I had to be diagnosed and shit, he was like, what? And I'm like, yeah, Papa, this didn't just happen. <laughs> yeah. Damn, His wild. mind was blown. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've actually talked to, um, I've talked to a couple of friends that are therapists that have their own private practices now. And, and they've even just talked about how their issues with the healthcare system too, where it's like, if they're not providing a label to you having something, it's like that they cannot eat one, they cannot keep seeing you or two insurance won't cover. Um, mm. which is wild to me because I think like, I mean, I, I guess I feel very grateful that, to, to be where I'm at, but I'm like, dude, I can't imagine like having a suicidal thought, which not discrediting it, but also knowing that it's like, bro, when I have never felt shit and I did not embrace anything, the first time that I did, I just want to die. Like, I just don't want to feel any of this. Right. Mm -hmm. And then so so to think that because of that, I could now be labeled with something that could literally be carried with me for the rest of my life. And now is like at the forefront of all my paperwork. Mm -hmm. Um when really now looking yep. back, I'm like, all I really needed was was to be heard. You know, like, you know what, son? You know, you're, you are, and obviously you're not, but like, you're going through a divorce. Like, no wonder you feel, you know, this is a lot to feel, which is like, that's so valid, right? And that that should be given attention, but that doesn't mean that Santi's incapable of handling those situations. And uh, yeah, that's, that, that's a whole nother layover that I'm not fully educated in, um, but it is fucking wild to me the extremes at which we have to go sometimes just to be able to, yeah. to, to, to get the benefits that, that we really need, you know? Yeah. It's some shit. And I really hope that whoever's listening, you know, y'all have access to healthcare or your County does right. Or your state yeah. offers that type of support. Um, like LA County has been fairly decent about offering services to residents. You just got to look for it though. But then if you have a language barrier or you're undocumented, like, there's so many other layers 
that could prohibit yeah. somebody from accessing yeah. that. Yeah, you know, sure. what, one of the philosophies you shared with us in terms of speaking of therapy, you talked about like everyone can use therapy and I 100% agree, like speaking <laughs> on like diverse, diversifying, like how we focus on mental health. Right. I think I, every time I speak with, especially my student leaders, like, and I never tell them, Hey man, you should really go see a mental therapist. Like, yeah, cause I'm not trying to like make it seem like that either. But like I, 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 you know, if if especially if there's things that are coming up in one on ones that I'm like, oh man, like I don't know, like I don't, it almost feels unprofessional to give you advice at this point. Like I, I do bring up, like you know, have you ever thought about like you know going to see a therapist, you know? And I talk about like not just me going to see a therapist, but that I think it's important that you're seeing a therapist, like through thick and thin, you know. It's like eating a salad. There's never a bad time or eating healthy food, right? There's never a bad time to eat healthy food. You know what I mean? Like you could be as fit as my boy DJ who's like ripped to the gills. Like you can still eat a salad. It's not going to hurt you. Like it's, it, it, you know, there, there's probably still good that you can get from it. Um, and, and, and I, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And so I think it like for me, very important to normalize therapy because I think that's that's one big thing that we that we're still seeing uh, among male communities as a stigma stigmatization mm-hmm. of therapy, and I want to pick your brain on like you know, and I know we're we're running a little bit on time, but I do want to pick your brain on what you said about you don't pay rent in other people's heads because I thought that was so interesting, and I also couldn't decipher <laughs> what what you meant by that. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. This is something that helped me a lot um, when I started therapy after college. Was a therapist shared this with me? It was similar. I don't know if this is the exact verbiage of like you don't pay rent in other people's heads. So like I tend to because of my anxiety disorder, I tend to live in extremities of the worst case scenario, and I also feel like I'm very self conscious of like oh shit this person didn't respond to me within like 36 hours. Do they hate me? Like, oh, everybody mm. fucking hates me or is judging me or whatever, right? But people are fucking busy as fuck or like that person didn't like left me on red, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> and like, I, I think I, I live in people's heads. And so sometimes even at work, it's political bullshit, right? In academia, at least. Um, and if I'm living in somebody else's head, what the fuck good is that giving me? It's not getting me anywhere. And I shouldn't mm. I shouldn't do that and live in somebody else's head because I'm not paying rent to be there, right? So why do I give a fuck? Because I have no control over that. I can only control what I can do and my situation and my existence and my actions. So I need to let go of that and move on or distract <laughs> um, yeah. or do other forms of therapy that mm-hmm. uh, that will allow me to do that and not live in somebody else's head. You know, and mm. and and I think that it's important to to not do that because there are narratives that we could create, right, or one could create yeah. about other people's thoughts. Yeah, so and I think an important, from. yeah, an important thing to know in that I, I also think it's it's also important to under maybe under like or voice the fact that it's not about not caring about other people. Cause I think that's sometimes an extreme. I see a lot of guys go through, well then fuck them. If they're not paying my rent, like that's so easy to take these <laughs> little sayings and take it to a fucking extreme. Yeah. That I do feel men yeah. oftentimes do, or just people in general too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I did want to no, voice that. that there's an asterisk there. I think that um, was unspoken 
but implied it while you were mentioning it. <laughs> that that reminded me of the like the defensive. Uh, I don't give a fuck about what people say about me, and it's like, and then sometimes I'm like, eh, it sounds like you are though. Like, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. you know what I mean. You're literally saying you're literally talking about it. Like somebody actually came into my DMs last week, and it was fucking wild. Saying like they were a random person. I don't know. I don't think they were a bot based on their profile. And they were saying, why the fuck do you talk about being trans all the time? That's fucking dumb. Why don't you get a fucking hobby? Like a bunch of shit. And Gosh. yeah, I'm starting to get shit like that, given the rhetoric mm -hmm. right now. So I've had a few people come into my DMs like that. And he was like, nobody gives a fuck that you're trans. And I said, well, apparently you do because you're over here DMing me about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you went out of your way. Like, clearly you yeah. give a fuck. Yeah. Like <laughs> Well, and that's, that's like, no, literally, uh, right? I, I, I truly, I truly, shit. like, I truly believe that you know throwing fire at these fires doesn't like help but it's like it's it's it is so interesting to me this i think it's like a perfect mix of lack of awareness and privilege right that you're you like we you know privileged enough that i could go out of my way to dm you because my voice matters more than what your voice yes. matters and then this lack of awareness of like yes. why the fuck am i going out of my way to give somebody else hate and look, I'm not throwing shade because mm -hmm. I've been there, right? I've been there. Like, I've been young and naive and, like, just hurt, mm -hmm. right? Hurt. And I've done stuff like that. And so that's why, like, to go in there and be like, what the fuck are you doing? But there's this still this part of me that's like, damn, there's – that's where, like San said, I always wonder, like, what would it be like if we were all cornered to have to go with an open mind to therapy for six months? And then let's all come back to the table and let's have these conversations. Right. I, yeah. I, I really wonder what those conversations would look like, because I still think that we would have different opinions. And I love that. I love that everyone would bring their own elements to it. I just have I feel and I know it sounds all cheesy and shit. And I'm, I'm turning into this fucking hippie, I swear. But like, I feel like it would just really bring this element of like, cool, where do we agree? What do we want? And how can we really work together towards that where I'm not projecting my shit on you because I've been heard before. I've been understood. You've been heard. You've been understood. So this isn't about trying to get attention. This isn't about trying to project my pains. It's really about trying to come to a solution where we can come together. Um, and that's where I feel like therapy can really save us. But yeah. And you know, I, I also want to like add on. I, I also think like to a certain degree, I don't know if it's so much about like, oh, us fully coming together and like fully integrating to the point that everyone is fucking best friends because i think even like sometimes you don't like people sometimes no for sure know, for sure there's certain divides that you no, have with some people's people. existence just annoys me like go exist but, but see ther therapy again yeah. therapy again <laughs> boundaries <laughs> boundaries right like yeah yeah like you can live in your house happy i can live in my house happy it's not we all have to fucking live in the same house well boundaries you know? and, and uh -huh. the fact that you just respect other people's existence exactly. like you know and i think that that is such a fucking fundamental thing that i don't understand where people just like like you know, this exists it literally just exists that's yeah. it yeah and i think yeah. even yeah. That that, i know like, that was a wild bit yeah, yeah. but yeah, no, one hundred percent. And you know, yeah, I, I and I, I feel like these are conversations that once again, like we need to continue perpetuating it in our communities because, you know, I think even like, you know, I think I, I mentioned this with with you all when when we met up last week. 
uh, it's like, you know, I, like when it comes to this podcast, I think about even people like my dad, who's so like, you know, like he's not out there being a fucking like a warrior on Twitter and shit. Like, but like, you know, I'm, I'm sure even him, like if I were to have this conversation with him, he might have some fucked up ways of thinking. I got, I mean, I, I remember times where like I wore like skinny jeans and shit. I had long hair and he literally asked me like, are you gay? And I'm like, no, <laughs> you know? And so once again, like, you know, I... you know, he, he, he didn't like, you know, he didn't harm me in any way, but like, once again, just his thought process the, into the, asking the question, right? That's it, you know, and, and hopefully yeah. get into a place. Like, oh, the type of jeans you're wearing equals gay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And my long hair, which I have beautiful fucking hair. Yeah. Yeah. That's fly. debatable, but that's a whole nother hour conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I mean, before we, we do close out, I don't know, Brie, if you, you had anything you wanted to share. Um, or I mean, I don't know, like yeah, I know you put your your you share your IG with us. I don't know if you want to share that here. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's so totally up to you. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, if people want to follow me, they can. I'm uh at not your token trans. People can follow me if they'd like. Uh I post a lot of gay shit and queer shit um and trans shit. And uh yeah, it's a good time. Um I try to post a lot in my stories about current events that are happening and my thoughts like about this submarine that's lost in the ocean, which I had so many thoughts about. Um, yes, yes, fascinating. Now um, I have to know what, what yeah. are your thoughts because that, that you know, is a hot topic. I'm like, <laughs> it's a lot, and this is probably going to date this episode. But like, okay, if you're paying fucking two hundred fifty, me and Papa were talking about this. If you're paying two hundred fifty thousand dollars <laughs> to get your ass down to a grave in the ocean, like, mm. imagine where that money could have gone. Right. Yeah. And people care about these people potentially dying. And I'm not saying it's sad. It's not sad. It's it is what it is, right? And yet people crossing the Rio Grande every day die. And people don't give yeah. a fuck. So yeah. like I'm just like, who are we caring about and why? And like mm-hmm. it's just a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. And, and you also, know what? That I, would be a really shitty way to die. Yeah. And and I, I feel like the reason why people don't care is because well, they're breaking the law, they're criminals. And then, you know, there's yeah. policy now that people are influenced yeah. by to help them either humanize or dehumanize someone, which is some deep shit. That is uh, definitely uh, yeah. a yeah. whole nother layer of wait, conversation. Wait, and, and that's where I say, like, wait, it also gets kind of fucked up because it's like at the end of the day, it's humans dying. Yep. Right. 100%. But now we're throwing so many yes. layers onto it that it's like. Well, which ones matter that die? Which ones don't matter that die? Yeah. Which ones matter how they like all these layers that kind of get add to it? And so, yeah. you know, not taking not taking away, I think, from from our our concerns, our worries, our angers, our frustrations, because I think all that stuff is very, very valid. Um, and just how interesting it's like man, at the end of the day, like people are people are just dying. And I think Sa and I have talked about that, too. It's like sometimes even that disconnection. Of it like, is. We, we throw so many layers that it's like yeah. we can't. We can't even grief sometimes, right? Like mm. some of that shit is just it's it's wild. And now here we are trying to encourage people mm. to show up with empathy to conversations, and you know, we don't see enough of it. Yeah, I will say, man, there's been so many fucking memes out there regarding the submarine shit. <laughs> I, that I can't, man. Some of them are pretty fucking funny. <laughs> are they really? I haven't seen the memes yet. Are some uh, of them dude, with the all... orcas? Like the orcas? <laughs> yeah. Are the ones yeah, yeah, they're the orcas. <laughs> they're like interviewing them. Oh, man, it's so bad. <laughs> yes. That's one of them. Oh, my Denise God. Denise sent me some so bad ones yesterday. 
<laughs> the orcas. Um, have you seen Blackfish? I mean, well, that's all told. Blackfish, if you want to learn more yes, about orcas, is a great documentary. Oh, it's so fucking good. Yes, yes, yes. But Can anyways. I add one thing? I'm, Just really quick. Yes, yes, please um, do. Mm-hmm. For folks, as a re- a phenomenal resource, if people want to learn more, um, mm. I would highly, highly recommend that they watch the documentary on Netflix. Um, it's called Disclosure, and it's a documentary cool. that Laverne Cox hosts, interviewing mm. trans actors, actresses, um, and talks about the way in which the media from the inception of theater and cinema has perpetuated mm-hmm. tropes about trans people and the erasure mm. of trans men specifically in the media mm. um, and a lot of stereotypes. And it's fucking great. I mean, I think for trans and non-binary folks, it may be a little triggering. Um, about 98% of it is trans made. And so I highly mm. recommend it. It's called Disclosure on Netflix. Most definitely. Hell yeah. You know, I was actually um, by told like, you know, had nothing to do with this episode, but um, I walked into to the house the other day and Denise was watching this documentary on Elliot Page, who uh, Elliot Page, mm-hmm. um, they they were the yes. actor at the time, actress of Juno and was the main star. And I fucking love Juno. That's such a fucking good movie. But talked about like just their whole journey going into, you know, disclosing that they're trans, disclosing their 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 LGBT. They're just their overall identity because I think it, it's amazing. Layered, yeah, and it was just so like, you know, uh, mm. candid, so just matter of fact, you know, and and it was it was really cool because I I don't um I and I, I knew about their like you know during the pandemic that they came out as trans and and that they um they they had procedures done, but I think to that extent and that personal, I was like, oh wow, like that it it, it was eye opening and it was also like you know. One of those documents, and it's really short. It was like twenty minutes, twenty five minutes. And then just one of those things where it's like, mm-hmm. man, you know, you just want to hug someone. You just want to like be there with them and show them love. Yeah, that it's so they, yeah, yeah, that you know, they obviously didn't have at the time, and so you know, one that, and I think that's also why it's so important to to just have one, love for one another because you just never know what somebody's going through, you know. Um, having that empathy, mm-hmm. which is hard sometimes, you know. So, you know, we, I think we just fucking do our best because I know they're, you know, speaking on people that like sometimes you just don't fucking vibe with. Well, I know they may have be having a hard time. Like, like I want to be nice to you, and like, you know, shit happens. You know, we all have fucking emotions, so be nice to yourself first. Yes. Like, think of some very <laughs> specific white women. I've had those feelings about. There you go. Yeah, it's all tough. Carlos, you got anything for us? No, I, uh, I'm processing. Uh, Bri, I really appreciate you joining us, really taking the time to have this conversation. I think for me, this has been a very powerful conversation. I think a very much needed conversation. I think it's opening my mind and even my heart to just like something that I think stood out from the beginning that even right now you're talking about disclosure and it, how the media has has created a, a mold of, mm. of trans community. And I'm just thinking like, like I relate so much to that journey in terms of masculinity, right? And how I'm supposed to be as a man. And so it's just very, uh, I just feel very grateful that we, that we've been able to share space that we've been able to chat. Um, you know, that you've, you've, you've been so open to having the conversation. Um, hopefully you've, you've felt the same and have felt safe enough to really talk to us about these things. Um, because uh, again, I think we're all, we're all just trying to figure this shit out. 
right? As Sean said, I think it's like we're all kind of trying to be and we have our challenges. And I think that that it, it, it is, it really comes back to that empathy factor that is so important. And now again, realizing like, damn, we all have our challenges, but these journeys are really fucking parallel, you know? And, and, and as I told you in the beginning, like there are certain layers of that that I don't understand that I don't understand and and I'd be lying uh -huh. to you if I said that I did. However, like, you know, I, I can always lend an ear um, as well as I know that I'm a very willing individual when it comes to learning, when it comes to admitting when I'm wrong, you know, and when I really want to challenge myself in order to do better. And I know that our community is the same. You know, I know that a lot of these guys have just accepted uh -huh. that we do the things that we've been told to do. And we're just at a point where we don't have answers, but we know that we want to change some of this shit up. And that's a big part of starting like, hey, this is where we're at. Right? This is where I'm at. It's uncomfortable to see two dudes kiss. That's where I'm at. Let's talk about that, where that comes from and fucking head into the right direction. Because, you know, you're, the, the traditional uh, I love everyone, but right. And I, I joked about it with Sant, and I was like, that's like when someone says, like, I'm not racist, but and you're like, they're about to say some racist ass shit. Right. And so it's the same thing where it's like, I just want to say I love everyone. And that's it. The period comes after that. So I want to talk about it. I want to figure this out. And so, um, you know, a big shout out to our community that's been so loving, that's been so supportive um, because sometimes it is challenging for Sant and I to have these conversations. Um, but they show nothing but love. So once again, Brie, um, yeah. I appreciate you joining us, sharing space. Any last minute thoughts? No, I appreciate y'all too. Um, and I think, you know, when it comes to the experiences of trans non-binary folks, just believe them. I mean, <laughs> yeah, wild I shit happens. Know. And also, if they share something with you, believe them and uh, just just engage, right, in terms of active listening. Um, and yeah, that's about it. But thanks y'all for having me. Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. And if anybody wants to follow me on Instagram, you're welcome to. You can DM me if you want to chat more. No, no hate, though. No, none of these fucking bots. Yeah, we're not dealing with that bullshit. Oh, I have screenshots of that shit. I can show you, <laughs> for real. I have screenshots. Oh God. I'm serious. I took fucking screenshots, and I sent it to my friends, and I'm like, fucking Christ. Like, <laughs> can I just fucking, like, have an Instagram that's public? And my friends are like, oh, you should make it private. And I'm like, I don't want to fucking make it private. Yeah. What if I yeah. don't want to? Yeah. Like, I shouldn't have to do that, totally right? Fair. It's some shit. Absolutely. Yes, but please do, do not come into my DMs like that. Or I'll be taking more screenshots. <laughs> yeah. Call them out. Call or, them you out. know what? Or And you know what? Here's the thing, too. Call them out so that we can really sit down and figure out what we're saying. What the fuck is really going on? Uh, right? What are we really trying to say? And like, what really is happening? And, and like, again, shit. let's start there. Like we said, hey, yes. dude, you know, why, was like, why, why is color. it? Why 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 is it so triggering to see someone express themselves freely? And I wonder what what it is that bothers mm -hmm. them that they feel mm -hmm. the need to go, to go out of their way to. That. Yeah, I mean, like, hey, let's talk about that, right? Again, because because that hate to hate don't do shit. So what's up, dude? We get it. Like, so what's up? What are we really? What prompted you to go out of your way to do that? Why was that so triggering? Um, yeah, that's wild. But yeah, really man. Is. But uh, Mark, yeah, Mark. you can come into my DMs if y'all want. Just. Uh, Keep that kind of shit away from me. <laughs> Play nice, damn it. Play nice. One hundred percent. Well, I appreciate you, son. I appreciate you. Appreciate our community. I love all y'all. And uh, unless you guys have anything else, man, have a good night.